This is Bulldogs by the numbers. My name is Tug Coward, along with Brent Rollins of Pro Football Focus College and UGASports.com. Today, the Georgia defense shined a playmaker. That's what you got at quarterback in Stetson Bennett. A career day for James Cook and some of the defensive names that got called out a whole bunch. We'll discuss them all and where does that leave Georgia? We'll get through Charleston Southern, through Georgia Tech and into the SEC Championship and beyond. We'll talk about them all here on Georgia Bulldogs by the numbers. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Welcome to Georgia Bulldogs by the numbers. My name is Tug Cowan, along with Brent Rollins of Pro Football Focus College and UGASports.com. If you want to be the most informed college football fan or specifically Georgia Bulldog fan, I'll encourage you to sign up, become a member. Brent, what's up, man? How you been? Great. How are you? How's your blood pressure now after the first quarter there? Took a minute for me to uh, get my feet under me, kind of like Georgia's defense. But once I did, I was fine and dandy. When Georgia tied it up with the, uh, the field goal, I really didn't have any worries. But... Uh, Georgia's defense did exactly what Georgia's defense was supposed to do. They made Tennessee pay at every opportunity. Tennessee's going for it fourth down almost every time they came to a fourth down, which was a whole bunch. Georgia hunkered down, and, and Georgia typically went down and scored. Yeah, and that's the, the, the interesting comment you make, though, is the fourth down piece, because I think they're actually going to see a lot more of that, from, even from Tech, and then also in the SEC championship game where a team says, all right, we only have so many opportunities to score points and to have the ball against this defense. We're going to try to take advantage of all the downs that we can uh, to do that. But the third down play, like the opening drive was, you know, Tennessee scripted his best. They did some things. I mean, the opening play of the game, they should have had a touchdown. It just was overthrown. How did you feel after that, by the way? I'm not going to lie. When the very first play, you know, the very first play of the game? Yes, that yeah. he overthrew that yes. should have been a touchdown? Absolutely. I nearly wet my pants. Because <laughs> I'm like, if that dude isn't overthrown by, you know, five yards, dude, he's to the house. Easily. And Easily. there's a couple places in there where they could have made big plays and it was a bad pass from the quarterback or the, you know, the wide receiver couldn't get to it, whatever it was. But look, if they ever dial that in, they're going to be dangerous. Yeah. And what, and what's interesting about that is no matter in their offense and Tennessee's offense. And we talked about it last week in terms of how they stretch you horizontally where the wide receivers are literally, you know, high five in the guys on the sideline while they're still in play. And then also vertically. And they did just that early. And what, you can't prepare for the speed and the tempo with which they play. Like even when you make a great play, mm. you can't celebrate because, because they're ready. The they're up and they're, yeah. And they, and they've probably worked on their script, you know, ad nauseum through the week to where they know exactly what they're going to do on play five uh, for the most part. But once you saw Georgia's defense, get a hold of the tempo, 
Uh, they had, you know, the, the substitution of putting uh, Christopher Smith at the star position, to, you know, Brennan didn't play as much uh, after those f- first couple drives because he was attacked. They Tennessee attacked him. I think he allowed five re- receptions on five targets in those first couple drives. And after that, Dan Jackson played well, played well. They got used to the tempo. And then the biggest key of the game, and by the way, this was the biggest key of the Tennessee-Alabama game as well, is Tennessee couldn't convert on third and short. When you take away like garbage time towards the end, they had seven opportunities on third down where it was less than five yards. So like third and two, third and one, third and three. They only got two of those. So, you know, it just when you can when you're that type of offense and you can't convert on third and short, it just throws everything out of whack and oh, you're yeah. always playing from behind. And that's and the Georgia was so masterful on the defensive side of the ball, being able to prevent them from doing that very thing. Yeah. And you got you just and I think the biggest key of the game, and, and it's been sort of lauded from a award standpoint. I think Channing Tindall was, you know, some sort of player of the week in the nation or conference or something like that. Uh, but him, N'Kobe Dean, and then Quay Walker, those were the kind of best three players on the field uh, defensively for Georgia. And they stood out like no other, especially N'Kobe Dean. Like he's what he's done done this year and what he's continuing to do. He is putting himself like, you know, Jordan Davis to, for the Heisman, that, that's kind of gotten a, a lot of talk, but it really needs to be Dean. Because when you look at Dean right now, he's like number three, I think, in the power five in terms of, or you know, tied for third in the power five in terms of highest graded defender. He's the SEC's highest graded defender in terms of the PFF college grades. He's tied for the highest graded linebacker. He has the number one coverage grade. Like you saw him on a third down play, cover the tight end and like break, have that pass break up. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. And then he's number one in pass rush grade among all linebackers. Like he's the what he's done this year, he is beyond a shadow of a doubt, just sort of Heisman worthy from a defensive side and how he's played. Do you think any defensive player is going to get any sort of even even taken to New York? Not win it, but taken to New York. He he to me would be the only one, and I don't think anybody else could because they've not had the moments that he's had. Mm-hmm. Like you think about the the pick six against Florida. Mm-hmm. that's a moment you know so he's had a lot of the you know or sacks and, and plays that he made against Clemson so like just he's had moments in in big stages and I think that might get him there at least some of that conversation but other than that it's just it's an yeah. offensive award totally unfortunately is. no you're right it totally is let's talk about uh the big picture for Georgia you know uh, 10 and 0 8-0 first time uh, you know undefeated in the SEC since 1982, the SEC was expanded to eight games versus six in 1992. But the, a pretty big feat for the University of Georgia, as um, as you might expect, this year's gone the way that it should. Yeah, and you think about the the world of college football, just sort of the landscape of college football, where Miami just got rid of its AD and likely probably going to get rid of its coach. Virginia Tech and Fuente, no no go. USC, Texas, LSU, all these jobs are open. Is there anybody in America that feels better? Like when you, especially when you think about the age component, like everybody, you know, Nick Saban is, is Nick Saban. He's, he's the goat. But from, from that standpoint, Hey, moving forward, who, who feels better about their coaching situation right now in the Georgia? Nobody, nobody, Ohio state, maybe, maybe they feel pretty solid where they were, where they are, but nobody's recruiting at the level that Kirby smart is. And uh, the success that they're having on the field is now translating to that. Those, all of those number one recruiting classes and, and the high recruiting classes on a, just elite, you know, he's elite or not. It's an elite level now. And you just got to be, if you're a Georgia fan to me, you're, you've got to just be in a position where you're like, all right, 
thankful that that guy's my coach. Yeah, 100%. I don't think anybody would argue that. There, If you could find a Georgia fan that would argue that, I would say they're not really a Georgia fan. Or they're just really grumpy. Yeah, or they're really, all the time. Really like, grumpy. They don't even like Christmas lights. Yeah, or seriously. Something like yeah, that. Seriously. I hate Christmas lights. Take them down. <laughs> <laughs> just, just the Ebenezer Scrooge of college football. Yes. I love it. No, you're right, man. I, Georgia's in a great position. So where do you see them as we head into um, the, the SEC championship and the uh, college football playoff? Because, look, Alabama fans are either really frightened right now or they feel like they've got the leg up on Georgia because they've always had the leg up on Georgia. Yeah, but here's the, the key for me this past weekend was you had Oklahoma losing. So Oklahoma losing, to me – I, I just I think there's no way that Georgia is now not in the college football playoff. They're not dropping them because they're going to win the next two games. They're going to be twelve and zero going into the uh, to the SEC championship game. They're not dropping them. A cons- the team that they've had number one from the beginning. They're not putting them at five Mm-mm. after that loss to Alabama. If if that if that if were the that case. were to happen, if that were to yeah, happen, if that right. were to happen, which I don't think it is actually. But no, I yeah. So nor do I. But so but go ahead, go ahead, finish your thought. I just I just I just think they're in and. Now it, it's up to Oregon to not slip up. It's up to one of the Big Ten teams to come through with only one loss, whomever that is, by the way. Could be any of the three. You don't, Michigan you don't, State, Michigan, or Ohio State. You don't think it's Ohio State? Is, is I think it ultimately will be. But me too. I mean, ideally for me, I'd, I'd like to see Michigan run the table. Yeah. Look. Uh, in terms of a style, like if you end up having to play them. Because like, I, I think about the playoff this morning, actually, because obviously the rankings come out uh, again this evening. But – in terms of what I think it will be, or there's what it's going to be today, where it's it's going to be the same. It's going to be Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, Ohio State. Then there's the what I think it will be after the SEC championship game. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be, at worst, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio, Ohio State, uh, and possibly Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati, because I still think Oregon's going to get beat again. Yeah, so you think Cincinnati creeps in? Yeah, but there's also the I, what I want it to be. Okay, and, and what is that? And if, I, and, and if I'm a Georgia fan, like – I want to see I want to see Michigan run the table. I want to see Cincinnati run the table, and I and then after that, I, like I'd even like to see Notre Dame run the table. And your playoff four be Georgia, Michigan, Cincinnati, Notre Dame. Yeah, Georgia looks good in that pool. I feel really good about myself as a Georgia. You know, if you're a Georgia fan, uh, with that foursome. Because yeah. the, by the way, that's one. You know, Michigan runs the table. They're in. No, of course. Yeah. And then so now Ohio State's got two losses. If that, I'm assuming then Oregon would have two losses. You have Alabama with two losses, an undefeated Cincinnati, and then Notre Dame with one loss. Now, the, could they put in Alabama at four ahead of a one-loss Notre Dame? Maybe. But if Notre Dame's sitting there saying, hey, I can't our imagine. only loss is to your undefeated number three team or two team. Yeah, I can't imagine it's, that being the case. I I, I do wonder how, though, let, let's say Georgia beats Alabama in the SEC championship. That gives Alabama two losses. I, I think – somehow I just always feel like Alabama is always the wild card and they could get in with two losses and be the first team to ever do that. Well, and it's, it's one of those things where the committee can always hang on that whole, you've told us to put the best four teams, mm-hmm. not the most deserving. Yeah, so, right. Absolutely. You know, those things, I, which drive me insane. Like I think there's, <laughs> there's it should be a combination of that. Right. Because guess what? Every year, Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia are the best teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every <laughs> Clemson year. for a while. No, yeah. not anymore. But you know, so you know, it's just uh, it's frustrating. But also, hey, if you're Georgia, go take care of your business and go just destroy the Alabama and be that done way. With it's it. it's not, yeah, be done with you're it. done with it. Peace out. See yeah, you that's later. right. Because uh, that's the thing. I want to beat Alabama, whether once or twice. It didn't matter. 
Uh, I think it's hard to beat a team twice in the same season. However, uh, I want to beat Alabama and be done with that. Get that monkey off your back and be done with it. So I want to get Alabama taken care of in the SEC championship and, and move on to whoever's next. But really quickly, I don't want to divert us too far away, but you said Clemson, not anymore Clemson. Do you think Clemson is in a, in a downturn and, and it's going to be a few years if they are able to get back to the glory that they've seen in the past? Yes, if. Yes, if Dabo doesn't start diving into the transfer portal like everyone else has. Which, which he's going to, right? He's going to. How he can, he to. knows. He knows. Everybody knows. He has to. If yeah. he doesn't, then yes, they will be now an average. You know, They'll be what they are right now, mm-hmm. where they go lose a couple ACC games every year because they just aren't insa- more insanely talented than everybody else. How do you lose but, an ACC game? I mean, it's like, <laughs> I mean, how do you lose in the ACC? It's impossible. It seems like it would be impossible. I, I mean, it, it, it's 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 Clearly a very not. top to bottom, very comparable to each other conference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're right. All right, then uh, moving on to we we've talked about you know big picture. We talked about where we think Georgia we we would like to see Georgia be. Um, back to the Tennessee game because I want to cover the offense a little bit. Stetson Bennett is a playmaker. He really is, and that's and that's probably the best way to uh, to define him. And I, I did a little video that I put on Twitter and then it ended up on the UGA Sports. Uh, we put it on the UGA Sports YouTube page. And basically the title of it said, why is he not a, why he's not a game manager? And we've had the same conversation. Sure. But he's, he's more, way more gunslinger than game manager. And you just see it in everything that he does. Where, and what's amazing is it's a ride from a, from a fan standpoint. I could see it. You know, we're like, okay, you missed the, th- like the drive to the end of the half. Like that was a phenomenal drive. Ninety, you know, they're only up seventeen to ten at that point. Right. Three and a half minutes to go in the game or in the half. You know, they go three and out right there, punt the ball to Tennessee. Tennessee gets it on the forty, and they go do something. Now it's seventeen, thirteen and a half, or it's seventeen to seven, or seventeen all at half. Like now you're in a dogfight the whole rest of the game. But they take it ninety, and in the same drive you have just semi where you're like, oh my gosh, how you missing that? Like the throw to Bowers. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the sideline, yeah, like that's right. a touchdown. That's a touchdown play. Your offensive coordinator called a touchdown play, hit him in stride, and the ball sailed a little bit to the to the outside on him. Mm-hmm. And then on that same drive, he's making third down play. The play to uh, Mitchell on second and twenty was just unreal good, unreal good. I've got. I need to put. I have a video of it. I need to put up later. But the the behind the, the all twenty two angle of it is amazing because he re- literally looks like a shortstop who's playing a slow roller. Like where you got to come and yeah. get the slow roller and kind of sidearm it a that's little right. bit. That's right, yeah, off, off one foot, where off you're balance. you're fading towards third base. Yeah. Like that's what it looked like on that play where he keeps his head up after not his first read was uh, in the way. There was a guy in the way of the throwing lane. So he comes up the field, hits Mitchell. So now it's third and five, and then Mitchell makes the great play on the next, on the next play, great catch. And then you hit the cook on the, the money ball, like the perfect in stride. Oh, yeah, man, that was a like, beautiful pass. So you had the ebbs and flows, and by the way, what's I don't I don't know if they they showed it on TV. I can't remember, but when St- when Stetson missed, missed uh, Bowers down the sideline, you could see like the guys that do all the signals for the offense, and then JT standing right beside him. They all threw their hands up like, "Oh, that's a touchdown!" Yeah, and then they all did very like hands on their head, disappointed after after the ball was uh, to the side. But you had the ebbs and flows of him in that drive. That's what you're getting. You're getting you, know, you just now. Moving forward, we know he's a playmaker. We know that, and the biggest thing from this game, they're going to use his legs in a design basis 
as they should. Like he kept the ball more on counter once. He kept the ball and got a got a first down, made it, made a guy miss and drug him for like three yards for a first down. Those things are going to continually happen against Alabama to where I even see him almost all of their plays have him a running option or he's moving the pocket in some way because he's just really good at it. The design stuff I love, don't get me wrong, but I equally love the fact when the play breaks down and something's not there, nothing's available, he can just take off and his instinct tells him to take off. And look, he's he's not the fastest guy on the field. I'm not trying to pretend that he is, but he can make plays and he does have wheels. Oh, yeah, he, he definitely – and like I've my comp for him, he's a probably 15-pound lighter version of Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Like from a size and just – instinctual play from yeah. a ability to slide away from things. Now they're going to, he's going to go against someone who is equally instinctive uh, likely in the SEC championship game uh, that also throws the ball a little better. So mm-hmm. you know, that's, that'll be the, that'll be the one task for Georgia's defense is basically, Hey, you're playing against your own quarterback, except he throws it a little better. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you prepare for that? How do you think that Georgia gets themselves in the position? Because they had to prepare for that a little bit with Tennessee. Yes, and and that's what, from from a defensive standpoint, I don't. They're not going to see unless you face like Ritter from Cincinnati or Anthony Brown of Oregon in the in the college football playoff. You're not going to see a combination of size and speed like they saw with Hendon Hooker. Like that dude is legit big and physical and slid out of like Devontae Wyatt one time just comes and crushes him up, up high and he just slides right out of of the tackle and he had wheels. Like you're just not going to see that because if you look at Bryce young and CJ Stroud, the quarterback for uh, Ohio state in terms of design runs, they have three yards combined. Oh my gosh. On design runs this season. Three yards. Three. Like I think Stroud has 14 and Bryce young has negative 11. I was looking at it the other day. Now Bryce Young can scramble, and he's got, you know, he's got yardage on scrambles. Stroud maybe has like fifty yards on scrambles, but they're there to throw. They're there to throw the ball. They're there. Bryce Young moves to throw. Stroud, I think they're it's because of their offense and their design of their offense. He's not moving the pocket and not making plays like that on a consistent basis. Bryce Young, and that's going to be which was great with the Tennessee game. Was Hooker was very much like that. Bryce Young's going to move. He's going to move, and he's going to move to throw. So you know, it's going to be a task for them when they, when they face that because he could he could go be the best player on the field. Yeah, but outside of that, outside of that, look, and he and I'm not trying to diminish his value because his value is through the roof. I mean, that's the reason he's playing at Alabama. But outside of that, I mean, I feel like Georgia is the better team outside of the quarterback position, and that's that's not a slight at, at Stetson at all, as you described already. But outside of that, I mean, th- those are the equalizers. Georgia is, it, I feel like, the rest of the way, offensive line, defensive line, offense and defense. I agree. It, it, every, it's agree. all Georgia. Everything is Georgia with the exception of the quarterback position, which is the most important position on the field and critical, critical that they're able to c- contain him. But outside of that, it's Georgia's game. Yeah, and like, like for me, I look at Texas A&M and I'm like, wow, if you put Bryce Young on Texas A&M, that would be scary. Like really scary because Texas A&M's talent is up there and to me equal. And they obviously beat Alabama from a top to bottom. You know, one through twenty-two. Yes, I think Georgia is right now very much better one through twenty-two if they use these next two weeks like they should and get very very healthy. I can't imagine that they won't. I feel like that at Charleston Southern. I'm not sure there will be a starter that hits the field. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see how they play it. If if they because, do, I mean, it's got to be like one or two series, and then we're out. That, I, mean, I think it's very Vanderbilt game esque. 
Yeah. Well, but but even dude, even some of the starting offensive linemen played a good bit in the Vanderbilt game. Yeah, but I got to tell you, man, I went to Charleston Southern again on a baseball trip with my son Jacob, and that is a tiny, tiny school. It's smaller than Alpharetta High School. I think they have 1,400 students. So, I mean, yes. just from a pure you know, size of school, depth of uh, of players. George's walk-ons would, would start yes, there, yes, it's exactly right, man. So, I don't I, – you can't – I can't imagine – the starters in this game for very long. No, it's not. But it's what, and what's, you know, everybody, by the way, you, you look at, you know, if you're a Georgia fan and you, and you pay all the money that have the tickets and you look at your home schedule and you're like, golly, we got Charleston Southern right before tech, right after Tennessee. Do I really want to go to that game? That kind of stuff. You better be thankful <laughs> that this, this year, that that's that game. Absolutely. Uh, time to week. heal. It's a perfect timing uh, for this game. Yeah, it is. It is. And, and, Look, you, these are games that you can take the kids to, that uh, you can get in and out easy. Parking's not going to be quite as big a problem. You know, it's a, it's an, and more importantly, it is a game for Georgia to heal with the, the injuries that, because look, Wyatt got banged up, man. He was, uh, yes. he was down four times in, in the same game. Yep. Nolan Smith, like, got, got hit up. He's supposed, you know, supposed to be okay, but still got dinged up a little bit. You got Sawyer that didn't play the last two weeks now. That can that's another week for him to possibly you know get healed up and maybe play a little bit against tech or be ready to go against tech you've got you know just a lot of guys who are probably just dinged up to the point where uh you, you just need that extra week it now, one a, guy, it's a way, football not, season yes but one guy who's not very dinged up and looking very very healthy right now would be mr james cook yes sir with a career day what are you, three touchdowns Three touchdowns, 147 yards on 13 touches. And what was beautiful about it was, and this is something that I think every Georgia fan, and I know uh, our, our fearless leader, Roddy DeBalls at UGASports.com, is he, like literally every week he picks Cook as his player of the game. What's up, Roddy? Uh, except, for, except for this past week. So, you know, he didn't, didn't do that. But <laughs> The one time that he should have, right? Uh, but Or the most the time him, that he should have most, anyway. Yes, uh, but they've wanted him to be used like he was used in this game. And I will say it's part – one past offensive coordinator issues, but it's also part him just growing and developing sure. to the point where like you see him between the tackles as a runner right now, he's legit. He is beyond legit in terms of how he cuts his patience, his ability to like, there's, I know there was a play that uh, Cedric Van Pran decapitated a guy and, and Cole Kublik from SEC network, put it out on Twitter and everybody saw that. Well, on that same play, Xavier Trust like got knocked down to the to one knee by the corner, which can't happen, but it happened. And Cook is has his eyes up, hurdles Trust a little bit, and you know in terms of just the ability to stay there, stay focused on what's going on around him. He, there was a counter play where he just wiggled through the tightest of spaces, uh, and then obviously once he got into the open field, but it was that the catches he's out wide yeah. one time, the one Love before it. the half. The little screen with uh, with Darnell Washington was one of my favorite plays they've run all year, where Darnell Washington came in motion and he kept going. The two outside receivers went de- blocked down. Washington became the lead on a corner. That's a bad matchup for yeah for the defense. That's a big fella coming uh, at you. And then you know just that and then, so that screen out wide, just different ways of getting him the ball and keep and keep giving to him. By the way, he'd only had one double digit carry game prior to this season. He now has three double-digit carry games this year, and over the past three games, he has 191 yards on on 29 carries and four touchdowns. That's 
rolling at the right time. What does his grade look like? Uh, he's the highest graded running back right now for Georgia, and one of the you know top in the top top half, top twenty five of of the nation right now. Yeah, and then I saw a eighty four point nine, I think. Wow, I saw a stat that uh, ten plus yards down the field passes, and Stetson Bennett is the uh, the leader in in that category. Have you seen that in terms of down the field passing grade? Yep. That would yes. I haven't looked at it recently, but that would not shock me in one bit just because of all. The, and it's one of those things that's actually amazing when you think about it is, you know, for those that always said, hey, he's just a game manager. Well, he's actually throwing the ball down the field as well as anyone in the country. Yeah. I, outside of the one he missed the Bowers. Right, exactly. Because that one's the one that you're like, what in the world is happening? Goodness gracious, how could this be so? It, how can you miss a play so stinking easily? Or, yeah. that, that's so easy. But um, but nonetheless, I mean, I I, I think it – I want to say he ranks up because I want to say there were other like players. Passer that, rating, definitely. Yeah. Th- like, but, when you look at passer rating, because all the touchdowns he's had over on those downfield of throws. Yeah. This was like a, a like a lifetime stat, though, because I want to say he passed Tim Tebow or something. Uh, gosh, what was it? Well, now I can't remember. I, so now I I need to go find this yeah, one. Yeah, I just this saw. sounds very, very good. Yeah, I just saw a tweet. It was this morning or yesterday morning, and I can't remember which. But and I'm going to screw up what it is, but I remember specifically it being uh, far, you know, uh, passes greater than ten yards, and yeah. and he was up there, and it was like a you know a, an all time college football stat. But nice, yeah. Don't quote me on it because I'm sure I got it wrong. I typically going to need more of that in the next in three weeks. Boy, no kidding. Boy, howdy is the way I like to say it. Uh, what have we left out, man? What's something that we we should have talked about that I didn't ask you about? Uh, I mean, there's so many great things from this game specifically. Somebody like Channing Tindall. Oh my gosh, yeah, with three sacks. Yeah, you know that amazing play from him. Which and what's amazing, and you love to see guys like that get the opportunity and then succeed with the opportunity that they're getting because his first three seasons, so the last three years of of him being a Georgia football player, he had 212 snaps. Mm-hmm. He's already played 291 this year. Wow, he already has equaled his output from a you know pass rush perspective he already has 10 pressures six sacks this season that's what he had in the previous three so you just love to see that those those by the way that three linebacker so quay walker tindall and then Nakobe, the three of them combined had 31 pass rush snaps georgia brought a lot like brought rush with five more probably than they have all season those three guys nine quarterback pressures five sacks like, living living large living in their backfield living large, making plays, and, and just – and that's – I think that's probably something I had thought about earlier over the weekend was when you think back to this Georgia season, it's not – you know, you don't – it's not one guy. It's not even two or three guys. Each game has almost its own standout in a way. Like Clemson, you had the defense with all with seven sacks. You had a Chris Smith pick mm-hmm. six. Yep. UAB, Stetson throwing bombs. You know, next game it's it's somebody else. Next game it's Zamir White having a big game. Next game it's you know Channing Tindall. It's it's Nicobe Dean. It's it's the big plays by three different people or by Nolan Smith and Trayvon Walker and then Nicobe against Florida. Like it's it's somebody different every week that's making just sort of the that, that makes the story, I guess, of the game. Yeah, and I don't want to compare it to the Atlanta Braves who won a World Series. But I will in the fact that the Braves were the same way. They had con- different contributors in every game and every series, and everybody contributed to this incredibly successful season. 100%. And it's starting to By look, the way, that was two weeks ago. I know. Can you believe that? Two, we- two weeks ago. It just seems like it, 
it happened yesterday. You know, I thoroughly it, enjoy every time somebody puts the Solaire uh, video. Oh, I know from from behind home plate with oh, focusing in on him. Oh my gosh, I will never get that. Will never. That will never get away. old. That will never old. get old, man. Holy smokes, no. He absolutely mashed the baseball. Go check the baseball. Make sure it's okay because he yes. hit it that hard. But uh, but the, I, drawing the comparison because I I what a year it's for a perfect comparison Georgia sports it would be for the Braves. And then four months later, you have Georgia winning a national championship, if it were to be so. The nonsense curse, you know, of Atlanta sports, Georgia sports, dude, that would wipe it clean. And and I think it would even wipe the... the wipe it clean for our lifetime, probably. Yeah, I would think so, because I think that would overcome Georgia losing in the national championship against Alabama and then following it up four months later, or not even uh, not even four months later, a month later. Yeah. When, later. Yeah, when Falcons. the Falcons melted down. This would be such a great turnaround. I, it wipes that clean for me, for sure. I'd never want to hear 28-3 to three or second and 22 again. Yeah, and it's and you talk about everybody, and we, we talk about it and make that point. I was actually going to go look today, and I'll probably, and I will when we finish up at some point. I would love to look at the percentage of this roster that and coaching staff, by the way, that will not be here next year. Yeah, you've brought that up before. and Because I think it's going to be high. When yeah, you factor in seniors, early departures, you know, I think two coaches on each side of the ball are gone. Like, I mean, or not necessarily gone, but, you know, move up the chain and find, you know, get a head job or get a coordinator job or something like that. Like, I, it's, this is a special group. Enjoy it. And even if it doesn't end how folks want it to end, it's still going to be you know quite a ride uh, and and fun over these next next month or so. No doubt about it. No doubt it will be. And uh, we're going to cheer for it to end the way we want it to end, though. And I, I'm not I'm not until that moment that you have to take that away from me. I'm not I'm not relenting on that one. Nor should you think anything else. That's right. Come on, let's go, dogs. Power Sick positive em. thinking. Sick them. That's right. The uh, the was the what's the book? Uh, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Think positively. It's pretty simple, actually. Yeah, I dude, I'm I'm in. I love that book so much so that I've got the hard copy and I got the copy that I can throw on in in the car. I can listen to it digitally as well. You know, it's even there's I I teach some of the things that I teach. Uh, team dynamics are part of the things that I teach in a, in a healthcare environment. One of the things I use is this book from John Gordon, Power of Positive Team. And in that book, and in in a lot of his books, he talks about one thing that if you do can change your perspective on a little bit of everything. And it's, for example, I'll apply it to Georgia. You don't have to play Alabama in the SEC championship. No. Huh? You get the opportunity That's right. to put them out of the playoff. Now you don't have to go to work on Monday. Let's go. You get the opportunity to provide for your family. You get. You don't have to, like I tell my kids, you don't have to go to school. You get the opportunity right. to learn, to engage with your friends, to go do something, you know, and be that way it's sort of the have to versus get to yeah mindset. i love that i love it and that's that's the way i try to live every day and and i gotta tell you you have me ready to run through a wall right now <laughs> i mean like i'm ready to gear up put some put some uh, a helmet let's on go. and let's go and go tackle a tree or something you might be able to get some yards against charleston southern yeah maybe i gotta tell you if they if they protect me well enough because i gotta you tell can, you uk hey, the the goal on the one yard play yeah. you know with with jordan davis and yeah i could Jaylen i could lead the way yeah. you're scoring on that oh for sure not anything that I've done, but it'll be all, you know, them giving me the benefit of being able to uh, to score. To jog into that, the end zone. My, my ultimate goal is not that, because obviously that never happened. My ultimate goal is one day to be like 
Coach Richt or Thomas Rett or one of the many, many people who have done a voiceover for the Georgia hype video. That's Ooh. like that's my lifetime that's goal. That's a good goal. That is. I'm telling you, it's been that way for two or three years. I'm like, how in the world do I squeeze into that? And I don't know the answer, but um, that's my bucket list, like life complete kind of thing. Well, if we get like 50,000 people to subscribe to the podcast and it becomes like the See, premier source there for Georgia we go. information. That's then, right. And you become yes. like that guy. The yes. ultimate Georgia fan. There yes. you go. Absolutely right. It could happen. I'm not. Give I'm us never, a hand, folks. Give us a hand. That's right. I'm never going to. Um, I'm never going to relent on that one. Just like I'm not going to relent on the season. Anyway, dude, it's always a pleasure, and I encourage always. anybody to follow Brent. You can get him on Twitter at Brent Rollins PhD because he is a PhD, not because that's made up and it's cool. He's a doctor of football. He's really a PhD. And then you can find me at Tug Cowart. Uh, make sure you subscribe and follow and like and share the podcast. We appreciate you uh, doing that for us. And if you want to be the most informed Georgia fan there is, subscribe to UGASports.com because Brent's works there. Also, Roddy's works there. Dane's work. I mean, you guys got a plethora yes, of people. We have a whole host of people that, and the recruiting stuff has been flowing like crazy. I'm sure. Over the summer and then all season. So uh, just great content from great folks. Anthony Dasher comes to mind. And then also, it's like $99 a year, and you get the dog vent. You get all the the recaps of the game. You And you and Coach Donnan and who else watches the game together and kind of comments as the game is going? And Dane, Dane Young, and then also uh, Roddy does that some. I, I don't know what we're doing this weekend. For the you guys Charleston rotate Southern that game. out a little bit. Yeah, we rotate. Roddy, you know, it just depends on what Roddy's schedule is doing with, with the game. But this week, I'm pretty sure Coach is actually out of town this week. Uh, so we might be doing something a little different uh, this week, but we'll see. Yeah, you should get like a crazy lunatic fringe fan in there to panic and you have to talk him off the ledge. I mean, that would be, it'd be, well, <laughs> I would hope we wouldn't have to talk him off the ledge against Charleston Southern. I would hope so too. I would hope so too. I also want to encourage you to go check out uh, Pro Football Focus, the college grading. It's like $130 a year, but uh, all the grades on all the college athletes that you're interested in keeping up with and as they transition into the uh, the league as well, just knowing uh, all, all the grading and, and where they are, how good they are. And uh, anything else you want to know about college sports, you can get it there. Otherwise, we appreciate it and hope you have a great day. Thank you for checking out George Bulldogs by the numbers. Thepodcastpark.com is your home for the fans' entire stable of original podcasts. If you're a true Atlanta sports fan, you need to stay connected to shows like Welcome to Madlanta, featuring Atlanta's rich history of sports legends. College football fans will love the Chuck Oliver Show podcast. Two hours of college football talk every day, all year. And baseball fans get to dive into Domino's archive of baseball legends on hardball. Subscribe to all these great shows and and so many more anywhere you get your podcasts or stream them free 24-7 at thepodcastpark.com. Presented by Associated Credit Union. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union. 
where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.